live from our respective apartments, it's Just Meaningful Plastic. Here are the hosts and judges, Katie Clay Maria and Chris Dockham Tony. Oh my god, I didn't know you were going to do that. Oh my god. I love that. There's a small part of me that's like, why weren't we Anita and Bernardo? But you know what? We don't need to dive into that. Hey, there's always act two. Well, and we would both be Anita. Also, I I realized because they're first names, and I kind of realized I was going to do that as I was saying it, like that was very (laughs) unplanned. I probably could have done, like, Maria Clay and Tony Dockham, but, like, whatever. Whatever. We did it. We did an intro. I loved it. I hope our listeners loved it. If you didn't, I don't want to hear that you didn't. Oh, but you forgot the important part of the intro where you go, Chris, welcome to Just Meaningful Plastic, a Dancing with the Stars retrospective podcast. But this week, we're not retrospecting Dancing with the Stars. We are retrospecting the 1961 Academy Award winning film, West Side Story. You did such a good job. You got my eyes down and everything. I was, I was trying really hard to like guppy face the whole thing. Yeah, you did. Mark Ballas would be so proud of you. I I went to the Mark Ballas School of Acting. Is that how you became a Academy Award winner? I mean, that's why I wear spats. It's... <laughs> yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know, we are talking about West Side Story. It's December. There's a big premiere coming up. I mean... Can I? It's actually November for us, but it doesn't matter, guys. It's December. There's a it's big December. premiere coming up. I'm excited. Chris is excited. My apartment's decorated for Christmas. Let's go, baby. Since we're playing with the realm of time and we're talking about a movie musical, real quick, because Katie, we have not had the chance to discuss this. This week, there was, uh, again, not this week for you, but breaking <laughs> but, news for us. Yeah. We have oh big movie God, musical news. I yes, I know what we're yes. talking about. <laughs> we need okay. to discuss this. Yeah, um, and obviously, what we need to discuss is the big casting news that was announced this yes. week in your region, um, which is John Chu's finally, actually, another step forward movie adaptation yes. of the 2003 musical Wicked. Eighteen years later. We're finally to the casting stage that they have. This is the closest Wicked has ever come to being a movie. And Katie, how do we feel about the casting of Elphaba and Glinda? I love it. I, number one. Okay, so our Glinda is Ariana Grande, for those who may not know it. And like, is anybody surprised? No, we're not surprised. I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my take in a minute. Okay. I'm not surprised. I saw this coming from 50 miles away. And I'm on board with with it. I like this. I'm okay with this. I am less sold on it. So I've always said I want Ariana back to Broadway. I mean she uh, was in Jason Robert Brown's musical 13 back in the day. She like continues to have a friendship mm-hmm. working relationship with him. Uh, she did hairspray live and I thought she was mm-hmm. good in it. I think her pop singing has kind of lessened her diction, which would have 
helped a little bit in Hairspray Live. Yeah. Um, but I, I think she did a good job as Penny. Um, Glinda, we know Ariana is a like noted Wicked fan. She really has yes. always wanted to be Glinda. Yes. I don't necessarily, the thing is, I don't necessarily see her as Glinda, especially when you consider who they're putting opposite her. I don't, I don't, I, I, I vaguely like both of those choices separately. I don't necessarily like those choices together. That is a very good point. That is a v- excellent point because like, so let's announce who our alphabet is. Cynthia Arrivo, Tony Oscar winner Cynthia Arrivo. No, not Oscar Who winner. Is- sorry, sorry. Tony Emmy Grammy winner Oscar nominee. I I got excited in my head. She has yet to win an Oscar, but she's won the rest. But she will. Cynthia Arrivo. I mean, she won her Tony and her Grammy and her Emmy all for being in The Color Purple on Broadway. Um, yeah. And her I'm Here is like a thing of legend. Um, It's so good. Her last one is just stunning. I mean, she is a great vocalist. I can't wait. I cannot wait for her to sing Defying Gravity. She just, she reads older than Ariana Grande. I was going to ask if you knew what the age gap is there. I I don't actually know what the age gap is. I will look it up real quick. yeah. But, like, she definitely reads older. Yes. Much more mature than Ariana. Cynthia Erivo is 34 years old. Ariana is 28 years old. So it's only six years, but they they read very differently. It's because Ariana has always read young and yes. kind of cultivates that. And Cynthia Erivo isn't trying for that. Yes. It, it doesn't help that, like, the color purple, her, like, big breakout role, I mean, in the course of that show, she's supposed to go from, like, 16 to, like, middle age. And so she just feels mature in that way. Um, also, I really want her to bite, be Aida um, in Elton John's musical version of Aida. I I just want that. I want that so bad. But anyway, like... I've I've been a little bit questioning of Ariana Grande from second one, but I'm so excited about Cynthia Erivo. Yes. And I cannot wait. I cannot. This movie better happen and it better happen with these two because now that I know that it's happening, I want it. I want it on a silver platter. I do definitely like I am I have reservations about Ariana, but I think she can pull it off. Oh, I'm not here expecting it's going to be a good movie. But no, but, I but I want the soundtrack. Yes, I really just want to hear Cynthia Erivo singing No Good Deed, The Wizard and I, Defying Gravity. Gravity. Ah. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Have you have you watched the So Shoshana Bean during the pandemic did a live stream concert and she did a version of Defying Gravity. Have you seen that? I don't believe so. You might have. I, I'm questioning if, if it's one that you've sent me before, but I don't think you have. I don't think I have, Katie. Um, we will put a link to this in the episode description. Um, you, it, It's a 50-minute concert, but you only have to watch the first three minutes of this Defying Gravity number. And I mean, you can watch the rest if you want, but like, the, 
the Define Gravity performance, I'm not going to spoil why it is so important, but it is important. Okay. Okay. Can't wait to watch it. Cannot wait to watch it. Okay, so anyway, let's talk about a different musical movie. Let's talk about... West Side Side Story. Story. So, for those of you who may not have ever seen it, we are going to do a 30-second summary synopsis of only act one because we're doing part one this week and part two next week yes um this movie is very much in the mold of 1960s roadshow musicals in that it does have an intermission um it, it is not the same kind of act one act two as the stage version which means it's kind of a weird place that we're going to be stopping mm-hmm. <laughs> today but we're rolling with it. It's going to be wonderful. And Katie, would you like to go first or should I? I don't have a strong preference. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll kick us off. Okay. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Whenever you're ready, your time begins. Okay. The Jets and the Sharks, two rival gangs. It's like 1960s America. Racial tensions are high. We want to own the streets. There are these two people from opposite gangs. One of them is like, his name is Tony. He's on his way out. He's trying to better himself. And oh my God, this goes so quick. And then the other one is Maria. And she is the the, um, sister of the leader of the rival gang. And she, they fall in love. And uh, G Officer Krupke. (laughs) And that's 30 seconds. (laughs) And that's the movie, folks. Ah. Would you like to time me or should I time me? I have a timer that I can do. Okay. Okay. Whenever you're ready, your time will start. So Leonard Bernstein is a genius. He wrote the music. Jerome Robbins, he choreographed it and half directed it with uh, Robert Wise. Then, of course, you also have Stephen Sondheim writing the lyrics and Arthur Lawrence wrote the book, but he didn't write the script. And it's it's really just Romeo and Juliet. If you know Romeo and Juliet, that's what it is. But it's Puerto Ricans and uh, Polish, white Americans. And uh, they go to a dance at the gym. Tony and Maria meet. Everything's terrible. They sing America. Rita Moreno has legs and they are incredible. And she uses them. That's 30 seconds. That's the time. I think you managed to do it better than I did, and I'm a little bit upset about that. Well, the thing is, the first act of this movie, like, things happen, because things do happen in this. Yeah. However, it is notable how a majority of Act 1 could kind of be done in a much shorter time frame. It's just like I have really strong opinions. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying anything is bad, and that anything should be cut. But like in terms of story, not necessarily a lot happens in the story in Act One. You're not wrong. Nothing that you're saying is factually incorrect. But it's just like I find myself preferring Act One to Act Two. And I don't know if that is the correct response, but I think that the music in Act One is much more, like, iconic and kind of has more that I tend to favor than Act Two does. I don't think you're wrong about that, but also I think one of the best songs 
in the movie that I it's so hard because I there is a correct answer for the best part of the movie, the best song yeah. in the movie. And I think we're going to agree on it. Uh-huh. So so I'm not going to spoil that yet. And that happens in act 1. But the, I think there might be a better song in the movie and it happens in act 2. It's the quintet. It's like yeah. the tonight quintet. I I think it is stunning. It's a stunning mm-hmm. piece. But like but the rest of the music in act 2 isn't necessarily you're right. It isn't necessarily better. No. It's like fun. I I don't know. Okay, so act 1 is what we're focusing on today. Chris, what is your favorite? I don't know if they're right. Okay, so I have three categories. What is your favorite part of Act One? What is your favorite song in Act One? And then dislike, I don't mean it to be in conjunction with that, but just if you're if you're pulling up West Side Story soundtrack, which song in Act One are you going to listen to the most? Okay. Does that so, make sense? Yes, that totally makes okay. sense. So to clarify a little bit of this, just so you know what we're picking from, uh, if you know the West Side Story soundtrack, here are the songs covered in Act One of the movie. Uh, okay. There is the overture, the prologue, uh, which is the dance fight uh, mm-hmm. sequence, uh, the jet song, the opening song that riff sings about when you're a jet you're a jet all the way um you know what i'm gonna ask you these questions i'm gonna say the song and you just quick in like one sentence describe what is it uh something's coming this is when tony is describing that he has this gut feeling that like his life is about to change forever did you know that i sang this song in college (gasps) no i think i did for your recital right no i i just did it for like a regular semester but, like, okay. I thought it was a really good song for me. Like, honestly, I do think I'm good at Something's Coming. I, have the I right... can absolutely believe that, and I would love to hear you do it someday, like, fully warmed up and, like, ready to go. I kind of have the right voice part for Tony. Yeah. I mean, I... See, like... this is how I know that you did Something's Coming, is because one time I told you that you couldn't pull off Tony, and That's you right. got very upset with me. Yeah. Because I think I can do it. Uh, yeah. The dance at the gym. Mambo, go. That's all you need to know, people. Uh, Maria. It's when Tony is like, I just met a girl named Maria, and I'm in love with her. He knows nothing but her name. And as Sondheim has very famously said, he was like, what do I write a love song about? Because he's just seen her for 30 seconds and only knows her name. So he wrote lyrics about the sound of her name. Which I just just met a girl named Maria. And suddenly the sound or, and suddenly i found how wonderful a sound can be like it yeah it's kind of a nothing song but it's a really brilliant way to deal with the problem of how do you write a love song when about, they haven't you about know nothing. nothing about this person yeah. um america it is about being a puerto rican in 1960s america and it's about the american dream it is about i want the best for myself i want to get what's out there while also grappling with the reality of like these are unattainable like this american dream will never be ours that was a very good deep 
description, I would have got a very different different route than that. You wanted to know what the song's about. That's what yes. it's about, Chris. Yes, I. I mean, I would have. We'll get to how I would describe it later tonight. Um, tonight is about, like, I'm getting to know my lover, and I'm just, like, so excited for the life that we're gonna live together. Uh, it's the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet. It's yeah. what light through yonder window breaks, and they actually, Tony and Maria actually get to talk. <laughs> They're on a literal balcony as well. Um, G. Officer Krupke. It is just the white boys letting loose, talking about societal problems at that time, how tough it is to be a man of the streets. Everyone wants to place the blame somewhere else, and these poor men just cannot get the help that they need. Gee, Officer Krupp, key. Krupp, you! Yep. I love that that was supposed to be an F word. (laughs) What? It was? I'm shocked at that. But it wasn't. This is like the go-to fun fact. I listened to a Sondheim podcast. I think I've talked about it before. Um, uh, I guessed it on it once. And um, they are currently doing a West Side Story retrospective in preparation for the movie as well. And (laughs) I I think every time they've talked about G. Officer Krupke, this story comes up. But I mean, the story comes up in anything you read about West Side Story that the it was supposed to be an F word. Sondheim really wanted that. And they were like, well, you can't sell the album across state lines because that's profanity. And this is a, we don't allow that. Um, so it became crup you, which I think is much better. I think so too. I think it's funnier because we know what they're saying and yeah. it's clever. The fact that he w- they named the character Krupke already and it just was like a magical happenstance is wonderful. It's perfect. It's wonderful. Um, but so anyway, so those are like the nine main songs of yep. this opening. Now, of course, the overture doesn't really count. I mean, it could, but it it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> the prologue at least does because some of the music never recurs. Um, it's not really like an overture of sorts. It's just Leonard Bernstein writing music to dance to um, yeah so of these nine we're picking a favorite first are we let's let's i'm gonna kind of change your question that you asked minutes ago before we went on this yeah. like diversion yeah so we're gonna pick a favorite song i say when we say like pick a favorite part let's kind of choose a non like song. So it could be like a sequence within a musical number, or it could be a book scene, but like that way we're not just saying, okay, well, what's our favorite part? Well, obviously the best part of the movie is America. And so we're not just talking for the next 20 minutes about exclusively America. Yeah. 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 So do you have a favorite book scene of act one? Oh, that's difficult. There's this part of me that's like, I just really love our introduction to Tony because I just think he's like so beautiful and he's such a wonderful character. But like, there's a part of me that's like, I kind of like the, you know, discussion between him and Riff of like, oh, Riff, that's not my life anymore. And Riff just being like, we need you, Tony. Like, we need you. So that might be my favorite, like, scene. That's a good choice. 
Um, I, I mean, my favorite scene is the lead into America, but I mean, that's just more America. So I'm not going to choose that We're not allowed to one. do that, Chris. So I'm not going to choose that one. Instead, I'm going to go with kind of a, it feels left field to me. Um, so the final scene of act one is the war council between the jets and the sharks. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like a mini play in and of itself. It starts mm-hmm. with just the jets kind of talking and talking to doc and doc's like, Oh, why are we doing this? Like, Oh, you, yeah. when I was your age, you were never my age, which is like a great line. <laughs> then in come the sharks uh, and they're negotiating things. You have Tony coming in with his own uh, kind of motivation. Excitement. Changing. Yep. Well, he's coming in trying to make sure that they're not using weapons as part of this rumble. Yep. Um, and then in comes Lieutenant Shrank, who is racist to the Puerto Ricans and then like has his own sort of character arc in talking with the Jets and like needling them and kind of being an awful police person. So, I mean, as a scene, it it just has so many different beats and so many layers. Yeah. I just think it is fascinating. And it's well acted too. I really like the acting in this movie. Yeah. Like this entire movie is a very like well acted movie. Like I definitely, I mean, yes, some of the like dance fighting leaves something to be desired if you will but like it's a well acted movie as a whole what do you mean that the dance fighting leaves something to be desired well it's like they're doing ballet and like tackling each other and it's like okay yes but i think it is stylized in a way that makes it read like you get what they're saying and i get i was explaining this to kids when i was showing them this movie a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago um, that it, at first they were like, oh, why aren't they actually fighting? We just want to see fighting. We want this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yes, but this is a musical. So it's not trying to be completely realistic. It's kind of giving yes. you an idea of realism. Yes. No, I so I, I have no that. problem with the dance fighting. Perhaps maybe I would appreciate more like, moments of near contact as opposed to them sort of dancing around each other but i'm okay with it no i totally get that um do you this is a hard this is kind of a hard question to ask because i have an answer for this but you won't necessarily do you by chance have like a favorite shot of the movie like one like image where you're like yes this is, like, the best thing in this movie. I know what yours is. Yeah. And you're allowed to say it if you think that, but, like, I'm just asking in case you have something in your brain. Well, I think that there's a a shot in America that is, like, breathtaking. When it's, like, kind of the, like, lower shot with, like, the skirts going over it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that is just gorgeous. So I'll say that that's my favorite shot. Because mm-hmm. my favorite shot is in the prologue, Bernardo and his two flanking sharks spinning and coming closer to the camera while they're backed by just windows of, of a building. And then they go into the ba-da-da-da-da, like leg yep. out, arm up, like the West Side Story move. It is incredible. When I was in New York for the first time, 
I I knew those buildings had been torn down, but I was like, I would like to go to this spot or as close to this spot as possible just to like mm-hmm. be here. But say truly, that you have, yeah. I was like, it's it's worthless. There's no, you never would know that such a thing uh-huh. happened here. That's disappointing. I know. Um, because it does mean so much to you. I've heard you talk about the shot so many times, which, like, I love it. Like, I love hearing about it. But it's like, I wish that for you, there was more sentimental value at the location. Mm-hmm. Do you have a least favorite number of these nine? Eight, if we're excluding the overture. God. Um... <laughs> If I'm forced to pick a least favorite, I think I put the Jet Song at the bottom. Interesting. Why the Jet Song? I mean, it's, like, fine, but it's just not my favorite. I don't know. I don't think Riff is, like, the greatest singer. And so, like, it's a fine one. Like, it's not that it's bad by any means, but, like, I just love basically every other song in Act One that, like, I can't, I can't say that any of them are my least favorite. The Jet Song is basically the only one. Like, I have a musical playlist and it literally it has something's coming dance at the gym maria america tonight g officer krupke are all on there Mm -hmm. i i think the jet song is incredibly catchy i i love it personally if i'm gonna have one so i kind of have two different answers okay if i'm like just listening to them i'm probably gonna skip the prologue because it's just yeah. so long. And, like, there's yeah. good music in it, but, like, when you're not watching it, no. Same with yeah. Dance at the Gym. Once you get through the opening section, like, no. Once you get to the Tony and Maria <gasps> meeting, no. Girl. Once... No. Girl. Once you get to... I, like... I, like, agree with you. No, but you but... know... You know do you, because I'm caveating this. I will yeah. listen to the Dance at the Gym... And then it will get, it will finish the extended Mambo sequence and get yeah. into Tony and Maria meeting, and then I will skip. Then no, I will skip. No, so it's to like it. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. If I'm, ta- it, I if I'm talking it. about a least, like, and this answer is tough because I appreciate it more having watched it so many times with yeah. students recently. I was like, okay, I, I do think this number works. But I find myself the most bored by tonight. I cannot agree with that. I cannot agree with that. I cannot agree with that slander. And part of it is because I think that melody is gorgeous. Yeah. And I think when it comes back in the quintet, it is just, again, it is stunning. As is. I mean, it's like a... It's kind of like how in Carousel, If I Loved You, this is musical nerdery here, so roll Mm -hmm. with us, friends. Um, In the musical Carousel, If I Loved You is like an incredibly famous sequence. It is a like near nine minute scene where Billy and uh, Lori, no, that's Oklahoma. It's Billy and Carrie. No, who's... Schnikes, who's the female lead in Carousel? I've never seen Carousel. I'm really disappointed in myself because it's... Okay, it is Julie Jordan because I heard in my brain, I was like, you're a queer one, Julie Jordan. But I was like, 
I feel like that's the secondary, but no, that's Carrie. Okay, so it's Julie Jordan. So Billy and Julie, like, trade off singing verses, and, like, there's dialogue in between. And, like, mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful, but... And, and I get it, but I'm like, okay, let's move along. And tonight is, like, the same thing with some different words, but, I mean, it's it's it just gets a little, not repetitive, but I'm like, this scene, okay, I'm ready to move on. And maybe it's just because Tony and Maria are the least interesting part of West Side Story to me. Yeah. And, like, I love their love story, so I'm like, no, I want all of the Tony and Maria that you can give me. I don't want to skip over that. I love it. So I'm like, how dare you? How dare you tell me that, like, they're quintessential. Like, they are finally getting to, like, speak and embrace. And they're finally getting to be like, it all began tonight. I saw you and the world went away. And you're telling me that you're like, ugh, next. And I mean, I know that that's not what you're saying at all. But, like, that's how I'm taking it. And I'm like, how dare you disrespect them like that? How how dare we take something so personally, not out of context, but being like, this isn't what you meant, but I, that was the minute that I took it personally. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, I know that it's shocking. I know that that's never happened with us you're really gonna hate my act two answer then probably well somewhere it's not that great if that's no one hand one heart is that the one because like ugh, i get it oh okay well spoiler alert for next week yeah one hand one heart is fine but act one act one so now let's let's do it let's talk about the best song in act one Arguably well, no, I have, like, movie. a genuine, like, question for you, though, because, okay. like, yes, America, like, iconic, but, like, I really appreciate Dance at the Gym. Like, I think Dance at the Gym is, like, phenomenal from, like, start to end. Yes, I... I think it is a great dance number. I love Leonard Bernstein's music. I am a... Famously, I worship the man. Yeah. He's not faultless, but he has many great works, and West Side Story is one of them. The Dance of the Gym, fabulous. To me, America is just, it's its more perfect. Yeah, it's literally, okay, so let's just get into America. So the scene before, Rita? because Anita and Bernardo are the best characters in the movie. Uh, yes. George Shakiris and Rita Moreno, obviously incredible. They both walk away with Oscars for this movie. As, as they, they should. should. Uh, the the book scene right before is great fun, and then Puerto Rico, my heart's, my heart's devotion. devotion. Let and it sink back, sink back in, in the, the ocean. ocean. We're doing a really good job trying to match each other's tempos at like delayed on Zoom. Yep. <laughs> um, Always. What, the Chris? hurricanes blowing, always their population growing. The, th- the thing is, I can do so much of the choreography of this opening section. So, surprise, Chris is going to talk about show tune Sundays again. Um, yeah, never heard of that. They have played this song more frequently recently. Not that I've gone a lot recently, but like I have seen no. this most of the times I've been there. And every time I'm like, let's go. And I just like turn up and I'm doing like Rita Moreno's hand choreography, everything she does in this opening. 
Of course, you get to yell at, I like the island Manhattan. I know you do. Smoke on your pipe and put that in. <laughs> um, and so, like, getting to do that is great. And I will say, so during one of the dance breaks, because mm-hmm. Rita Moreno kills this number like mm-hmm. so does george shakiris so does the ensemble like oh the shark incredible. ensemble the women are great the men are great yes um, when she starts doing some like leg kicks and things i will say i got applause for the line <laughs> when they cut when they cut to like a wide shot in the dance break and you get to see rita moreno starts kicking and i just yelled ladies and gentlemen rita moreno's legs and people are like yes <laughs> And it made me very happy. Yeah. It's Um, just, it's an incredible number. Like, the playfulness back and forth. Like, again, like, just if we're going to go deep with it, just, like, this American dream of, like, I want an apartment with a terrace. And they're like, well, better get rid of your accent. Like, never going to happen for you. Like, it's such a powerful number. But then it's so, like, it's so beautiful. It's so iconic. It's so well danced. Like, it's incredible. Well, that's what I love about it. It is so fun. Like, it's a catchy song. The dancing is fun to watch. Yep. It's funny. But it has so much relevance. One of my favorite lines is the life can be bright in America if you're all white in America. Yes. That is such, it it still holds weight. Um, And I don't know. I just, I love it so much. You can, you can miss the messaging of it in just how enjoyable it is. But Mm -hmm. that messaging is also there. Also, I love some small details. Like, I love the shark singer um, who does the industry boom in America. Like, the way she almost, like, blows out the mic on that line. I really like that. Um, And then I love... Which shark girl line is it? There's one shark line where they absolutely are not, like, singing in the right key. Like, they're not all singing together. They're almost just kind of yelling. But I love it so much because it just makes it feel real. 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 Like, that is a case where, yes, when in doubt, I want things to be sung beautifully. However, you also want things to sound distinct. Like, that is something, again, to get into Broadway nerd time, I would prefer a character voice or, like, a voice that is character over, like, a really clean, beautiful one. Now, uh-huh. obviously, I do want you to sing well, but if your voice... Ha- like, think about Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters is a beautiful singer. Like, let's mm-hmm. be clear. I'm not saying that she's not. But her voice has such a personality in it. Yes. So, like, when you were watching the Brandy Whitney Cinderella, like, yes. she just uh, throws so much personality just in the quality of her voice on mm-hmm. falling in love with love. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And mm-hmm. so, like, for some, like, versions, revivals of West Side Story, they go for really beautiful, clean singing, which is great, but it means that I lose that personality of, like, it It just feels more raw. It feels more energetic in a way that they were feeling it so much that they, like, yelled, like, the... Life can be bright in America. It actually might be that line. The life can be bright in America. Um, but either way, like I, 
speaking as somebody who is a music person first, that's what I do for a living, I don't need it to be perfectly sung every time. No, because it, it makes it... Like, as an audience member and as someone who, like, is tone deaf, let's be real, and, like, all of these things, but it's, like, hearing those imperfections makes it more, like, attainable, almost. It makes it more fun to sing along, and you don't have yourself thinking, like, I don't want to join in because I don't want to ruin this beautiful, pretty thing. Like, I feel like I can still be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think because West Side Story is it should feel urgent. It is teens feeling like this is their entire world, that this is so important, that this is this, and it's like people on the street. It's not like rich hoity-toity people uh, like carousing about doing politics, all yeah. this. It is like teens feeling like they're fighting and scrapping for their lives. So, in the trenches. Like, yeah, so getting to like... Yeah, so getting to, like, yell a line or not be, like, perfectly singing in key, I think works in this case. Yeah. It's it's why I love this version of the Tonight Quintet so much as well. Like, somebody messes up a lyric in the chorus at one— or, like, a chorus member messes up a lyric at one point, and they leave it in. I love that. You have people, like, they're not blending like a choir would— but you don't need to because Broadway musical theater is supposed to be about character. It doesn't have to be like you're seeing a beautiful choir. It mm-hmm. should still sound good, but I want personality. Yes. And America has it in space. Yes. It's just, it's so good. It's a perfect movie moment. And the dress. I mean, Anita's dress is just everything the way that it moves the way that it flows the way that she's wearing the hell out of it i love it it's so nice to have a purple dress for america and also i do love her updo um yeah she's gorgeous she's beautiful in it it's so mean of me to be like i'm prejudging the Spielberg West Side Story for the fact but that Ariana DeBose has long hair and is in a gold and red dress. And I'm like, well, it can never have what she had. No. I don't love it. And you I will never it, be glad about it. Uh, <laughs> so, on a scale of one to five legs of Rita Moreno, how many legs do you give Act One of West Side Story? Seven. I was just going to go for an easy five, but seven sounds good to me. Yep. Seven out of five. Well, stay tuned because we are going to talk about act two of this movie next week. In the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, share to your friends, blah, blah, blah. Follow us, follow along with us on our social medias on Twitter at JMPPod, on Facebook at Chisming and Full Plastic, and on Instagram at JMP.pod. Well, Chris, tonight, tonight, it all began tonight. And Katie, I saw you, and the world melted away. And please stay tuned for Act 2 of West Side Story, coming up next! Woo!